All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Tuesday morning. You guys know how I do. I uh, I got back pretty late, and this was a game that I had to get back late from. Uh, the Nuggets win over the Miami Heat. Uh, final score, I don't even really care. Uh, it just doesn't really matter that much. They won, and the game was out of hand by the time the game really got out of hand. The Nuggets win this game. Let me just check it for you. 113-96. Hold another team under 100 points. Offense gets back on track kind of in the process of that. And it looks really good for at least for a brief amount of time. Uh, And then the altercation happens between Nikola Jokic and Markeith Morris. And that really kind of colors everything that's going to go on with the Nuggets for the next two weeks, potentially more. Um, About three minutes left to go in the game. Nikola Jokic is under the basket playing defense. He's done a really good job. Was really good on defense in this game. And he is under the basket guarding Bam Adebayo. Blocks his shot, if I'm not mistaken, and collects the rebound, goes the length, not the length of the floor, but kind of runs the ball up on the fast break, wants to throw a hit-ahead pass because he sees Markeith Morris making a beeline for him, obviously trying to get the take foul. The problem was that Markeith Morris wasn't really just trying to give a take foul. He was trying to send a message foul. And in the process of giving that foul. Sorry if you can hear this cat. It's my roommate's cat. It's uh, just roaming around the apartment kind of in a crazy fit. Um, Yeah, Jokic, he goes for that foul. Or not not goes for that. He goes for that pass and raises his arms above his head, passing the ball. And Markeith Morris goes directly into his ribcage, elbows him, tries to send a message foul, on replay, I didn't notice this the first couple of times, but when people pointed it out, Markeith Morris's knee also collided with Jokic's knee. It's uh, That's not a normal take foul. I can definitely say that. There was a definite intent to send a message with that foul. And Jokic gets knocked off. He, he, uh, he reacts in a very violent way. Turning around, identifying the player that pushed him, identifying the player that elbowed and need him, and then goes and pushes Markeith Morris, uh, shoves him, elbows him, puts a shoulder shimmy into Markeith Morris's back. And the way that Markeith Morris's head snapped back, people were worried about neck injuries, people were worried about uh, spinal stuff a back thing and the uh the cart the medical uh uh what I'm I'm sorry I'm I'm very frazzled by this cat running around behind me um he gets uh treatment and he doesn't have to be carted off instead he uh he walks off under his own power takes a little bit of time but it was a dangerous play 
And Jokic uh, felt bad, said he felt bad in the presser. I was there. He, I don't know if he outright apologized because I think that he sees what Markeith Morris did as dirty, as a dirty foul, and isn't going to apologize for reacting, nor should he. But he does feel bad that it caused a potential injury that could have potentially been pretty bad. And let me just say this. I do not condone not fighting back and not like like just taking abuse from a player like Markeith Morris who is out there to muck it up. He's out there to be the message sender for his team because he doesn't matter because his team needs Jimmy Butler. They need Bam Adebayo. So if he's going to send a message or if somebody needs to send a message, it's going to be Markeith Morris. That's his role. But he did it to Jokic, and Jokic is the everything for the Nuggets. And this is not the first time that Jokic has lost his cool when he feels like he's been wronged, when he feels like somebody is wronging him. And he went after Markeith Morris, and what he did was wrong. I'm just going to flat out say it, and I don't care what kind of residual uh, hate or uh, dislike I get from Nuggets Twitter and Nuggets folks for saying that's what he did was wrong. And he's probably going to be suspended for it, rightfully so. And it's too bad because he was playing such a great game. He was playing nearly a perfect game up until that point. The vibes were immaculate. Everything's going great. The Nuggets are running away with a win against a really, really good team. And then that happens. Jokic is too important to let those things affect him in the manner that he does. This has been a common thread throughout his career where he is not going to accept that abuse. And let's be frank, it's abuse. He keeps getting mauled and he keeps getting hacked and he keeps getting uh, fouled. And there's nothing that's really stopped him and stopped anybody from letting that continue to occur. He doesn't get treated well by officials. They have always kind of looked the other way because he's big, because he's a center. And there may be other reasons too that I don't really care to go into, but I think that Jokic has to refocus himself and has to be better in that situation than he was because he's going to be suspended for this. I don't think there's any way around that. What he did was wrong, and he's going to be punished by the league for it independent of what Markeith Morris did. And I'm definitely not going to side with Markeith Morris here. What he did was wrong too, and he should pick up a suspension as well. I think, and I estimated this, that Markeith Morris will probably get a one-game suspension. I think that Nikola Jokic will probably get a three- to five-game suspension. I'd guess four. And I honestly do think that's fair. I think that if you're Jokic, you just can't do that You have to keep your cool in a situation where your team is up, your team is thriving. Let Markeith Morris pick up a technical foul. Let him continue to 
make an ass of himself. Because that's what he is. And just go about your business. Know that you were so good and so dominant that you forced the other team to try to send a message to you, and then you can rise above it anyway. Uh, Jokic said that it was a reaction and that he regretted it in his post-game presser. And I think that one of the reasons for that is he's probably going to be dinged. This is not his first time, as I've mentioned. So, Also after that, in the scrum, Jimmy Butler decides that he wants to be big and apparently is jawing with some assistant uh, on the Nuggets staff. And I don't know who it was, but he was jawing. He was telling people to meet him in the back as somebody who was in the back and kind of in that vicinity in between the Nuggets and Miami locker rooms. I know that he wasn't there. That's for sure. Miami is a front-running, grimy team. And when things aren't going well, and when the shots aren't going in, and even when the shots aren't going in, if you simply dominate them and force them into mistakes, if you can dominate them physically like like the Nuggets did in this one, then they are going to react and retaliate because they have a number of those personalities. And Jokic got suckered into it, which is really too bad. I'm going to talk more in the third segment about what happens to the Nuggets with all of their three stars out, or two stars in MPJ, if that's how you want to classify it. But it's not looking good, and I have to imagine that there's going to be some segment of time where the Nuggets are going to be without their team, their guys. So we're going to have to see. I'm uh, I'm very interested to see what the league's ruling is, and we'll just have to wait until that happens. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss uh, the actual game of basketball. We'll be right back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's talk about the actual game of basketball because I thought that this was a very interesting game. I thought this was a strong performance from the Nuggets and they deserve to be able to celebrate this performance. And it's too bad that it's going to be colored by what is clearly something that takes precedence in my opinion and that uh, Jokic just can't react and lash out in the way that he did. But, say la vie, um, the Nuggets in this game started Jeff Green in place of Michael Porter. Uh, we learned pregame that Jokic, not Jokic, uh, Porter is going to be out for the foreseeable future was the quote. Uh, reading between the lines on this one, it seems like something came back not clean on the testing, the imaging that they did. And they are going to continue to get more imaging and more tests and potentially some other evaluations from doctors before giving him a firm timetable on what to expect. 
I don't know whether that's going to be in a week. I don't know whether it's going to be in a month. I don't know if he's out for the year. I don't think anybody knows that. I don't think Michael Malone knows that, even though he did say foreseeable future. But we did see Michael Porter on the bench, and that was a good sign that he was out there and that he wasn't just uh, in the back or not at the arena or anything like that. He was out there with the team, and that, that is a good sign in my opinion. But in his place started Jeff Green. And I thought that Jeff Green gave Denver some great minutes. Wasn't perfect out there, don't get me wrong, but Jeff Green gets 13 points on 12 shots, hits a three finally. It had been a minute since he had. Uh, Only grabs two rebounds. It doesn't really pick up any other defensive stats, but he was a plus 22. And the Nuggets were able to make it work with him out there, both with the starters and the second unit. And you like to see that versatility from him because he plays completely different roles with those two different groups. So with the starters, he's playing more of a off-ball forward as a three, was definitely taking advantage of the backdoor cuts that Jokic was getting on the slip screens. Jokic operating at the top of the key, one of the guards most likely. I don't know if it was Aaron Gordon. I don't know if it was Will Barton or Monte Morris, but... Jeff Green setting a flare screen for one of those guards to try to free them up, but because of the switching defense that the Miami Heat were using, he would slip the screen, and Jokic would hit him with a back cut. And because of that back cut, he was able to get right to the rim and create some shots right in the most efficient spaces on the floor, and eliminating some of the rim protection that the Miami Heat usually have. So it was great to see from him. I like that it was successful. Probably would have gone with P.J. Dozier personally, but uh, with Dozier shooting as inefficiently as he is and the bench probably still needing some more dribble creation than maybe the starters do, I'm not surprised that they went this direction and it worked out and you like to see that. Jokic, before he was ejected and before everything that happened, was playing a near-perfect game. 25 points in 33 minutes on 10 of 14 from the field, took zero threes, passed up a bunch of wide open looks. And a couple of times he turned the ball over as a result. A couple of times he missed a shot or missed a pass or the read that he made wasn't perfect. But most of the time his reads were perfect. And because Denver hit some shots tonight, they were 12 of 41 from three, just 29%. Not a great percentage, but enough that Jokic was actually able to collect some assists. And he goes for 25 points, grabs 15 rebounds, and dishes out 10 assists for his first triple-double of the year. All while playing really, really excellent defense. And Bam Adebayo was in jail for most of the night. Uh, 10 points, 10 rebounds, but 3 of 10 from the field. Usually he is scoring efficiently. Usually he's capitalizing on some of those opportunities, but more often than not, Jokic was just a menace around the rim tonight, which is crazy to say, but he was uh, contesting shots, blocking shots, picking off steals, uh, did everything that he needed to do to help put the Nuggets out to a good position where they could lead and have a comfortable enough lead that they didn't have to worry too much. 
he was really good. Pairing him with Monte Morris and two tall forwards and Aaron Gordon and Jeff Green for most of the night was also really good. But the most important factor in this was Will Barton, who was spectacular in this one. 25 points on 14 shots, 9 of 14 from the field, 7 of 9 from 3. Just a very excellent three-point shooting performance from Will. Ties his career high in threes. Also picks up six assists, five rebounds. Played good defense on Duncan Robinson, who did get free sometimes, but the fact that he only took eight shots, as opposed to some nights where he creates 12 shots, 13 shots, 15 shots, that was really important. And it wasn't all on... Uh, Will when Duncan Robinson got free. But at the beginning of the game, Duncan got free for a couple threes. After that, when Barton was on him, he was stuck to him like glue. He was really, really good, very active on defense, getting onto screens. When he got switched onto Jimmy Butler or onto Kyle Lowry, he was also very good. Jimmy did have a good night, but I don't think it was mostly on Will. And Monte Morris. I thought that Monte Morris was really, really good tonight. Uh, 14 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, 1 steal. 6 of 11 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3. He had one, he had two possessions actually. One where he cooked Duncan Robinson to a crisp in isolation where he uses some dribble moves. He gets to a spot and just absolutely eviscerates Duncan Robinson to, to create some space in the midrange and hits the shot. And then the late clock situation where he gets switched and, and Bam Adebayo is on him. He gets the ball up at the top of the key, five seconds left, and he has to make a choice because Bam is a really, really great defender. And one of the best things that he's good at is switching onto smaller players, whether it's point guards, whether it's small forwards, whether it's anybody. He's a center, but he defends every position. And Monte went right by him just absolutely dusted him to the point that he got an open layup and Bam didn't want to climb up the back of him uh, and and collect a foul on a clear shooting foul situation. But Morris just handled that really beautifully. Uh, I asked him post-game about that possession and he said that isolation is something that he really prides himself in, that he really likes and thinks that he's really good at. And I tend to agree that in those situations, most of the time, yeah, they're going to Jokic or they're going to Barton or somebody else. But when you've got Morris in a situation where he can create on somebody, give him the confidence to do that. Give him an opportunity to really showcase his stuff. And he did. Five assists, one turnover, one steal, plus 20. Second on the team to Jeff Green. Aaron Gordon was good on the defensive end against Jimmy Butler. And I know that Jimmy had 31 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Really didn't feel like it was Aaron Gordon. Really thought it was uh, some on Monte, some on switches onto other guys. Jimmy collected a lot of his points against bench lineups where he's more facing like uh, PJ Dozier and, and Bones Highland and guys like that. But I thought that Denver did a really nice job overall and... Jimmy's just a really good player, so you you give him credit for that. But Gordon, the threes didn't go in tonight. You give him a pass for that after what he did in the last game, saving Denver from three. But four of 11, had a big, nice dunk 
uh, in the second quarter, if I'm not mistaken, but was just really impressed with the entire Nuggets starting unit tonight where they really clicked. And one of the players that really clicked along with that starting unit was not the player you'd be thinking of. It was Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers was fantastic tonight. Just really, really good. And he didn't get a massive opportunity in some of the other games. And in a lot of the context with the bench in previous days, he wasn't very good for obvious reasons. Uh, just, Just not great at taking advantage of the space that he was given. And there was not a lot of space there to begin with. But against the Heat, he really focused in on the defensive end. And he guarded Tyler Hero well. He guarded... Uh, Jimmy Butler well. He guarded Kyle Lowry well. Duncan Robinson. Uh, They also played Caleb Martin, who not really sure why they played Caleb Martin, but they did. Uh, Tyler Hero tonight goes 11 points on 3 of 12 shooting. And I thought that between Rivers and Barton and surprisingly Bones Highland, uh, they did a really excellent job containing Hero. And that's really the story of the game is that the starters did a great job of outmatching the opposing Miami starting unit. And then the bench did a great job of containing Tyler Hero. The offense wasn't great for the bench. Like uh, Bones Highland, PJ Dozier, Austin Rivers, they combined to go uh, 3 of 11, 5 of 22 from the field. So it's not like they had a great offensive performance themselves. But Austin Rivers was a plus nine because he was able to work with the bench unit for enough time. And then when he played with the starters, they were excellent with him on the floor. P.J. Dozier was a minus nine, uh, but most of the plus minuses for Denver's bench were about neutral. Uh, P.J., I think, he was caught in at various times, uh, one with the uh, later time where they didn't have Nikola Jokic. Uh, And Denver just really had no idea what to do after that. But I really liked what I saw from Denver tonight uh, from a process standpoint. Jokic really took charge in trying to get everybody involved, not overload everybody. Uh, The bench tonight did not include Faku Campazzo. The bench unit tonight... Uh, for the first half was, and I think this is the more important half, was Bones Highland, Austin Rivers, Will Barton, P.J. Dozier, Jamichael Green. And so that's four guards if you're counting, and Jamichael Green, who is a six foot eight kind of stretch five, uh, big four stretch five, if whatever you want to call him. And not having Faku out there, I do think benefited Denver from giving them multiple players on every possession, on every side of the floor, that could attack closeouts, that could attack gaps in the paint, that could create their own shot. Bones was doing that. Austin Rivers did a little bit of it. Jeff, or not Jeff Green, Will Barton did a lot of it. He was fantastic tonight. And the Miami Heat are a good defense. They're a really good offense. They're a really good defense. They've been very good for this entire year. So it makes a big difference to me that Denver had basically a 119 offensive rating, where despite the fact that they shot 29% from the field, 
or not from the field, 29% from three. They got to the line 24 times. They grabbed 12 offensive rebounds, which is more than they had previously. And they only turned the ball over nine times. And a couple of those were kind of fluky late. I think this team may have found a pretty decent rhythm. And it's about to kind of end because Jokic is about to get suspended and they're going to be on the rest of this homestand in all likelihood without their best player, along with their second best and third best players. So things are up and down, as we like to say, Uh, but we're going to find out. We are going to see what is ultimately in store for this Nuggets group, Uh, but currently they are six and four through 10 games. If you told people that, Uh, before the season, I think they'd be pretty happy based off of this schedule, based off of what Denver has had to deal with. If you told people all of the context and said that Denver was six and four, you could be pretty excited. And the way that Denver is doing it too, on the defensive end, they are dangerously close to being the best defensive team in the NBA, which is kind of nuts because you wouldn't expect Jokic to do that You wouldn't expect a lot of these guys to be able to do it, but they are competing. They are fighting. They are scratching tooth and claw to stay in games and to win games. And really the only way that they can right now while they're going through a slump and while they're without their superstar talent. So maybe that continues into the next couple games in the homestand when they are really going to be sandbagged. Let's take a break. And we will talk about what Denver looks like without their stars. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, let us talk about the next three games. They are for the rest of this week. On Wednesday, Denver faces Indiana. Uh, the Pacers come to town. They are not a great team by any stretch of the word, but they do have a lot of talented players. And they are a dangerous team no matter what. And if Denver is without their best player and facing a team in Indiana that has two, not elite bigs, but pretty close to elite bigs, I think you're at least a little bit afraid of what could possibly transpire. Uh, Indiana, four and seven, but they've won their last game. Their point differential is actually pretty close to even. So they've been losing close games and winning going away, but they've just lost more close games. On Friday, Denver faces the Atlanta Hawks, and Atlanta, they got creamed by Golden State tonight who Steph Curry just put up 50, I think a 50-point triple-double, if I'm not mistaken. And that's uh, that's pretty scary. But if you're the Hawks, you definitely feel like you can attack Denver in a lot of ways too, especially without Jokic. They're going to be able to center in uh, around Monte Morris, Will Barton, make sure to load up on those guys, make sure to protect the rim with Clint Capella, guys like that. And Denver is going to be at a really big disadvantage if they have to face those particular teams, along with Portland, who, let's be honest, I would predict Denver to win against Portland at home. 
even if they only had Jokic and like Faku and Austin Rivers and uh, guys like that who like, well, hey, that sounds a lot like last year when Denver just did the same thing. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Denver handles these next three games because I think the Jokic is about to be suspended for them and then maybe one more or two more. Uh, it's too bad that they have to go through that. It's too bad that Denver's going to be deprived of their top three players, Jokic, Murray, and MPJ. But it happens. And you have to weather the storm in a lot of cases. And I think that the Nuggets are, they are well suited to weather the storm. They have a next man up mentality. I definitely think that you could say that Denver's in a good position from a mentality standpoint where, yes, Jokic is the central figure of what they do. But can Aaron Gordon step up? Can Will Barton and Monte Morris step up? Can Bones Highland bounce back and have a good game? Can P.J. Dozier step up? Can Jermichael Green and Jeff Green hit some threes? Yeah, I think they probably all can. And it's going to take a village, don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't count Denver out without their top three guys. It makes it massively difficult. But I wouldn't count them out. The good news is that on this homestand, they've already banked two wins, including one against a really, really tough team in Miami. They won against Houston at a barn burner. They won against the Heat going away. And now they are going to face Indiana, Atlanta, uh, who is also four and seven to be like very surprised. They're on a four game losing streak at this point. They're going to be looking to break that. Uh, and then Portland, who they're five and five. So they're they're nothing crazy, don't get me wrong. But Damian Lillard's in a slump. CJ McCollum is their most relied upon player at this point. Norman Powell's still very good, as people know. Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic. They traded for Larry Nance. They acquired Cody Zeller. They still have Anthony Simons. They're a really talented team. And if Denver goes one and two, on this stretch, uh, where they potentially, let's say, they win the Indiana game, but then it's they're kind of overmatched by the talent of Atlanta, overmatched by the talent of Portland, and it just doesn't seem like those guys, those teams are going to make it work. That's okay, because Denver at this point is six and four. If they were to Go one and two, they'd be seven and five, or seven and six, excuse me. And that's fine through 13 games. If you told me that Denver was 500 through 20 games, that would also be fine. The hope is that you eventually get back Michael Porter. The hope is that Jokic's suspension is brief. It's not super long lasting. I'm not sure if people should hold out too much hope because of what I saw and kind of what I expect from the NBA in these cases. But I do think that Denver is capable of surviving very briefly, uh, where they pick up one win, maybe even two. I, I, I doubt it, but maybe two. Barton has shown that he can be capable of going off for 30 every now and then. Monte Morris has shown that he can go for 20 plus. Aaron Gordon went for 37 or something like that just last year with the Orlando Magic. So you catch them on a right night, and they can carry things. It may not be perfect, but they can at least try. 
So I do think that Denver's in a position where it kind of sucks and it looks pretty bleak right now, but this is very brief. This doesn't change my impression of what their future is. And that involves Jamal Murray. That involves hopefully a healthy Michael Porter Jr. And that involves a full strength Nikola Jokic, who is fine. Like he's not going anywhere. He's just going to be taking a little bit of a breather over the course of these next couple of days. So we will see how that goes. I am curious to see what the suspension number is. We will cover it on pickaxe and roll for sure. We'll cover it over at denverstiffs.com. That's that's absolutely true. So make sure to check both of those out. Uh, and you're already checking out pickaxe and roll. So you're great. Thank you so much. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode, actually, of pickaxe and roll. Uh, really appreciate all the love and support. Make sure to go follow my work at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Uh, and if you're also curious, uh, make sure to go follow what Denver Stiffs is doing because we consistently put out great content. I've really appreciated what our staff has been able to do. Uh, We cover everything. So thank you so much, everybody. Really appreciate it. Talk to you guys very soon. Thank you.